One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction. It is created and narrated by J.A. Larock. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 25 A Silent Armageddon The air still had the scent of smoke and was still void of any other life. But for the first time it actually felt good to be outside. Anna said nothing as we walked several blocks and though there was silence It felt different than before. I was no longer alone. It was a strange feeling to both have needed and wanted to be with someone. I wonder about Anna's life and if something had happened to her to affect her outlook. To find someone, especially a woman, who had been able to push aside all her pain to find some peace in this empty world was something worthy of study. We're here, Timothy. Look. At first, I instinctively looked towards the sky. Anna grabbed my chin and pointed my head towards the street. She had cleared several blocks of cars on State Street and removed the debris from the road. I did not understand why until I saw it. A yellow Ferrari Enzo. It was parked at the beginning of the clearing. Anna smiled, pulling me by my wrist towards the car. I know it seems stupid wasting my time doing this, but I just needed to take my mind off of things. This took hours, but I cleared it out and then I saw you. I have not driven it yet, but now. She jumped into the passenger seat and looked at me with a wide smile on her face. I could not help but stare, thinking about what we were doing. It was just like one of the posts on the message board, to turn a nightmare into a giant playground, to go from contemplating suicide to a feeling of playfulness just did not register in my mind. Anna, why did you do all of this? Why not? Think about it. Nobody's here. No people, no animal, no insects. How long do you think the world will survive like this? This morning, a bunch of the buildings had no power. And we don't know what's next. Do you really want to spend the last moments worrying and contemplating or trying to have some fun? I was impressed that she noticed the lack of birds and even the insects, but troubled by her astute realization that a world without its living organisms was a countdown to death. It should have made everything more urgent, but Anna was content spending hours on something so meaningless, at least meaningless to me. Even though she said herself that she needed to take her mind off of things, I could not tell if she was doing this to hide her fear and desperation, or could she really have decided to let it all go. It went against everything, but I did not want to worry anymore. 
If there was a sword above my head, then at least I could do is enjoy my last moments. All right. I said to her as I walked around to the driver's side and sat down and closed the door. Let's go. Now you're talking, Timothy. Hey, uh, do you know how to drive this thing? I forced myself to clear my mind of the thoughts from before. There would be time to come back to them. But I wanted to try things her way. I pushed down on the clutch and started the engine and smiled at Anna. The feeling of letting go and just enjoying the moment was indescribable. Racing down State Street, watching the buildings fly by with Anna screaming for more felt so right. It no longer mattered where we were. In that moment, we were having fun. And that was all that mattered. Go, Timmy, go! I reached the end of the clearing and spun the car around and screamed as I gunned the engine. There was a connection I felt with Anna. One that I had never felt, even with Christine. I barely knew her and yet I felt comfortable being around her. Maybe it was because of our predicament. Maybe not. There was no reason to worry about that at the moment. I felt I deserved to be happy. I slammed on the brakes bringing the car to a screeching halt. My heart was racing, but it was with pleasure that caused it and it felt exhilarating. It was then I realized she was holding onto my arm. Anna smiled, looked into my eyes, pleased with what she saw. She then stared ahead and placed her hands on her lap. I needed that, Timothy. More than you know. You needed it too, right? Yeah, I did. It was therapy, and it worked. Not only that, but I still kept control. Enough to remember where we were and what had happened. Nothing had changed on the outside, but on the inside, something was happening. It was a new way to obtain clarity that I had never explored. There was something else I wanted to do, but I was scared. I think I did all this to prepare myself for what was to come. Calm before the storm or, in my case, a small storm before a larger one. Will you come with me? I just need to see. Of course. We'll stick together until... Well, we'll stick together. Anna leaned over, wrapping her arms around me. Whether it was for my benefit or hers did not matter. It felt good to feel the warmth of someone again. I exited the car. Anna walked to the front of the vehicle and sat on the hood. I followed, standing next to her as she pointed towards a large building in the distance. I want to go there, Timothy. There's something I want to see. Anna led me towards a red Ducati motorcycle parked on the side of the road. I had to smile again to see that, like me, she also rode. It did not matter if her choice of a bike was out of necessity 
or if it was actually hers. It was another common link. I don't have an extra helmet, Timothy, but maybe we should go back for yours. Well, normally I would never ride without one, but in this case, I'll make an exception. Anna climbed on the bike and I sat behind her. She grabbed my hands and put my arms around her waist and then started the engine. Even in a short amount of time alone, I'd forgotten how nice the feel of human contact could be. We headed south, deeper into downtown Chicago. My focus was mainly on Anna and thinking about what could have caused her to be trapped in here with me. I did not take notice of where we were headed until we arrived. She stopped the motorcycle and I once again looked towards the sky, this time with good reason. The Sears Tower? This is what you wanted to see? I asked. Yes. I just wanted a different viewpoint. Together we entered the lobby of the building. I was relieved to find it still had power. The thought of walking up 100 flights of stairs was discomforting to say the least. Anna pressed the call button for the observation deck. The doors opened immediately, and we both stepped inside. Will you... face the elevator door with me? I don't want to see yet. The elevator rocketed up towards the observation deck. She did not turn once to look out the window of the elevator. The truth was, I did not want to look upon Chicago from the sky again. We reached the deck floor, and I looked out onto the empty room. It was clear that there were people up here as well. The floor was littered with various personal objects. Standing there, surrounded by windows, I felt compelled to look out. It was a morbid curiosity. I walked up to one of the large glass windows. I saw from the corner of my eye that Anna had not followed me. She just stood in front of the elevator door. It's everywhere, isn't it? She said, her voice trembling. Slowly she walked up behind me and grabbed my hand. Her grip was strong. She was clearly frightened. I understood why. From high above the skyline, the reality of the world we were left with was horrific. Plumes of smoke billowed out from hundreds of buildings in all directions. There were several aircraft of various types that had crashed into buildings or the ground. Thousands of cars sat still with no signs of life of any kind. There was a silent Armageddon. I tried calling everyone I knew. Out of state, even out of the country. When I couldn't reach anyone... I figured they were all gone. Even knowing that, I hoped whatever happened was localized, centered on me. Everything came rushing back. The questions as to why and how this was happening. But something else came along with those questions. Anger. In my mind, I began to blame Anna for what was happening. 
If she was the cause, then she was to blame. If she was just part of my mind, then I was just blaming myself. Her touch that was warm and comforting just a moment ago turned cold and constricting. I pulled my hand from her grip and backed away from her. Who are you? Why are you trapped here? What have you done to deserve this? In an instant, I hated her. She was still frightened, but now of me. She shook her head, tears began to fall from her eyes, but I felt no pity. Her lack of answers only enraged me. I grabbed her by the shoulders and slammed her against the glass, pinning her there. Answer me! I... I'm nobody. I don't... I don't know why I'm here, or why I'm being punished. To you? Her question sapped the anger from me. I was being irrational. My pain, my torture, my guilt. I was putting it all onto her and then attacking it. There was still the possibility that everything was centered around me. That somehow I pulled her into this world. I released her and walked away upset at myself. My emotions and thoughts were raging against each other. I had to regain control. Anna. Can all of this... Can it really be... Just for us? I turned back and looked at her for a moment. I wanted to tell her everything about my family, my father, Christine. She looked at me as if she could feel my conflict. Even as she wiped a tear from her eyes, she was trying to soothe my pain. It has to be. What else is there? What reason? No, it doesn't make sense. Why do all of this just for us? What could we have done to deserve this? What reason would there be to put us both here? What lesson are we to learn from this? What of our families and friends? Are they being punished as well? There was something that she wanted to say. Her eyes told me so. My internal debate continued out in the open. I hoped that maybe she would find a flaw. Something that I did not see. Any ounce of happiness that I had felt was gone stripped from me like a fading memory. When someone is missing, the loss is felt from many different sides. Tell me, Anna, how did you feel when you woke up and you found your family and friends gone? Don't you think they felt the same way? Don't you think they're feeling it right now? Are they to suffer for whatever sins some nameless being thinks we have committed? Are we being judged? Or have we already been found guilty in sentence? Who is doing this to us? God? I... I don't know. I wanted to lay all the pieces out, regardless of what picture it may show of me to Anna. If she was real, then she had the right to know, at least some of it. There had to be something she was keeping from me, whether she knew it or not. 
and it was that piece of information that I needed to dig up. To do that, I would have to tell her something, anything to get her to open up to me, to reveal who she really is. It's just thoughts, theories in my mind that plagued me from the start of this. When I awoke, I didn't know what had happened until I left my home. Even with what I saw, it just didn't register. It was an impossibility that I could not accept. Then I began to find information that led me to believe that there was something about my family that I needed to discover. I believed it was possible that my mind was punishing me for wanting to withdraw from the people closest to me. That belief was only possible because it was only I that was suffering. A punishment for me was acceptable, but then I found you. Now everything has changed, and I have no other path to follow besides you. If there's any reason you feel you might be here, no matter how deep down it is, no matter how crazy it might sound, I need to know it. Hannah, please. Timothy, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Can you please take me home? I stood there, looking at her. There was something there, and I was close to finding it. She retreated at the last moment to spare herself from revealing it, but I would not be deterred. I had to earn her trust to find the truth, but it was her resistance to the answer that made me distrust her even more. There was also the feeling inside me that was still there, that I knew her from somewhere. Regardless, there was nothing to do but honor her wishes and take her home. I assumed there would be answers there, and one way or another, I was determined to find them. Next time, Chapter 26